Hi and welcome to my latest podcast. I'm super excited you're joining me as we go through the Gospel of John and we look at Jesus through the eyes of one of his best friends and we come across some incredible theological gems, some wonderful stories and just this amazing perspective that's really different from the other three Gospel writers. So buckle up and join me, Paul White, as we saunter through the book of John. Today, Lord Jesus, we want to see you. We want our eyes to be open, so we invite you, Holy Spirit, to open our eyes and just speak to us and make this whole thing live. In Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Good morning, Tracy Ann. Welcome. We are in chapter three today. We've got some really famous, this is probably one of the most famous chapters in the whole Bible. And we've got some super famous verses that are going to come up, which all you avid Bible people will know. And probably even someone listening who's never read the Bible will recognise maybe some of these statements. So good morning, Fran. Good morning, Pat and Mike. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Fliss. So chapter three, Jesus... um, is hanging out with a really interesting guy in this chapter. So here we go. Chapter three, verse one, excuse me. It says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Just to say the Pharisees were a bunch of religious, they were a religious kind of community or group who were very strict on observing the law. They were very kind of what we might say conservative in their instincts and their desires and they ran into Jesus quite a lot and wanted to pick a fight with him quite a lot and Jesus was now meeting with one of their guys called Nicodemus he was a ruler of the Jews this man came to Jesus by night and said to him rabbi which means teacher we know that you are a teacher come from God for no one could do these signs that you do unless God is with him Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So let's just pause there, because right away we're into deep water. We really are. We're into the what we understand is if you call yourself an evangelical, this stuff is your meat and drink. This is the stuff you're raised on. Good morning, Adrian. Nicodemus He's come to Jesus in secret. He's come by night and he's saying, come on, you know, Jesus, we know that you're you're a teacher sent from God because nobody could possibly do the things you're doing unless God was with him. So Nicodemus has made drawn a good conclusion. In fact, sometimes when we look at the contemporaries of Jesus, we wonder why on earth they didn't reach the same conclusion as Nicodemus. Nobody could do these things unless you were with him. So his heart was kind of open to Jesus, but he's mystified clearly and he's got loads of questions and he's obviously in a peer group who really don't want to acknowledge Jesus at all. And so he's kind of standing out from the crowd and he's separated himself from his peers And he's a very influential guy. He's a ruler um, among the Jews. And he comes in secret to Jesus and just, oh, Jesus, I need to talk to you. I just need to sit with you for a bit and just ask you some questions. 
And so this is how he starts. So he's coming humbly. He's saying, you're my rabbi, you're my teacher. I'm humbling myself and putting myself at your disposal to teach me, which is profound and beautiful. And then Jesus whacks him (laughs) straight out of the blue with this statement. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. (laughs) this is so profound Nicodemus said to him how can a man be born when he's old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born and Jesus answered truly truly I say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit do not marvel that I said to you you must be born again The wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. So I'm going to try and (laughs) unravel some of this because Christians are shockers at talking jargon and talking shorthand. And we say to people, oh, they're not born again or they're born again or he's born again or she's born again or, oh, are you born again? And this kind of stuff. And it just if you don't know what born again is you like blah, blah, I don't know and do you know VW got hold of it once and they did an advert for those of you who are my age who can remember it and they revamped the beautiful VW Golf and made it into a different much more modern car and they said this is the born again Golf so it's even been taken into the sphere of um, big budget advertising Right, so Jesus says, so Nicodemus' objection is pretty pretty straightforward. He says, well, come on, what are we talking about? I can't get back in my mother's womb, come on. And actually, if anyone's been there at a birth, you wonder how that whole tangle of legs and arms and head and stuff gets out in the first place. And how, oh man, is birth is just an incredible thing, isn't it, to watch and be part of. And if you're the mum giving birth, every sympathy. Yes, we don't have a clue, us guys. And well done for every mum who's given birth to a baby. Naturally, you know, without interventions or with all the complicated interventions, we honour you, we thank you for doing your job so well and bringing us into the world. Um, and so Nicodemus is saying, but you do take a little baby and even a little baby. There's no way that's going back in where it came from, is there? There's no way that baby, even though it's just come out of the womb, could get back into it. It's just a physical impossibility. And and so Nicodemus is saying, look at me. I can't, you know, it's not going to happen for me. But what Jesus is doing, he is challenging everything for Nicodemus because for the Jew, their whole identity and their belief in themselves as God's chosen people was to do with their birth and their birthright, their heritage, their their dis- where they came from and they traced their their ancestry back to Abraham and they could say I am truly one of Abraham's children I am truly one of God's chosen race I and do you know what I mean Jesus is saying actually Nicodemus everything's got to change it's start all over again it's begin again Michael Finnegan begin again um so he's saying wow this is incredible. And then Jesus doesn't really answer him why, how particularly. He says, truly, truly, 
I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the, it's, then that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. What Jesus is saying is, this is a different kind of birth, Nicodemus. This is not, this is not to do with genetics. This is to do with being born of the spirit. And when it talks about born again, that word therefore again can also be translated equally anew or anew or from above and so it's like from literally from the top is starting again from the top but we but this time it's a heavenly birth that's happening in us it's something that is from heaven its origin is from heaven so hold on in there because it's not as complicated as it sounds so but what's happening is that as we surrender our hearts to Jesus as we give ourselves over to God and say God I I need to be born again what he does is he brings us alive on the inside by his Holy Spirit so we are born of the Spirit and so when Jesus is here saying the wind blows where it wants you can't see it I know it's windy today how do I know it's windy I can't see the wind. I'm looking out my window. I can see branches doing this. I can see leaves fluttering and I can see dead leaves blowing down the road. And I can hear it actually. If I listen, I can hear the wind. I can hear that it's out there doing its thing, but I can't see it. It's invisible. And Jesus says, this is what happens when you're born of the spirit. It's different. It's it's not... It's, it's visible in different ways. You can't see the spirit. You can't see this born again, but you can see the effect of it. When someone has had their life transformed by the new birth and they have been brought alive by the Holy Spirit, things begin to change. If I get up and the dustbins are all tipped over and there's a whole load of branches down, I know there has been a windy night, don't I? I? I put two and two together. If my desires start to change, my my love for God has gone up through the roof. If suddenly I'm reading my Bible, wanting to find Christians, and yet none of that was part of my life before, I know there has come a change. That's why people talk about conversion, because actually there is such a thing as conversion we turn from going one way to following God so we're prior to being born again we're following our own desires and we're living on a naturalistic kind of level and after being born again we live this entirely different life because God has changed everything on the inside and we've been born again by the spirit good morning Graham or Shep good morning Clive and so this is what this is what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about seeing God, someone open their hearts to God. And I actually believe that we can't open our hearts to God unless he kind of gives us that desire to and gives us that urge and that conviction that we need to. We open our heart to God. We say, yes, Lord, I want to be born again by your spirit. And he then brings us to life in an entirely new way on the inside, which changes everything on the outside. Somebody once said, I remember it when I was a kid, a preacher saying, you can tell people who 
have been born again because their eyes change. And actually, I believe genuine followers of Jesus have got different, something different about their eyes. They kind of sparkle. They've got a kind of inner life that is, I think you can see it. It becomes visible. It should, I know of other people who've got so transformed that they've literally cried literally wept for a whole year just because God is just changing everything on the inside of people who said they're so happy they feel like they could hug a phone call and it's like <laughs> anyway so what he's what Jesus is describing is not a natural phenomenon it's not like a birth of a child however wonderful and miraculous and glorious that is and it is Jesus is saying there's something even greater and even more glorious that the natural birth is a metaphor, a picture for that helps us to understand a spiritual thing. So Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, you need to be born again, bro, if you're going to see the kingdom of heaven. Right. My little little baby granddaughter, Sophia, just born two weeks ago. Prior to being born, the only world she knew was a very beautiful, climate-controlled, temperature-controlled environment where she was in a shock-proof, water-like kind of suspension thing where she was literally supported by water all the time, like her own little hydrotherapy pool. She was completely encased in this lovely, strong womb and it kept her safe. And then then there was her mum's abdomen and everything else. And she couldn't see out. All she could see was nothing. She had her eyes closed. It was all dark. She could hear muted sounds coming through from outside. She could hear her daddy's voice and her mummy's voice. But until she was born, the outside world, she couldn't see it. It wasn't there for it wasn't available to her. She was away from it. She was there, but she wasn't. Do you know what I mean? She was in the world, but somehow she could not partake and participate in the world. Now she's born, she is able to begin to see the world as her eyes adjust, and she gets used to seeing. And she's hearing, she's interacting, she's being held and cuddled and kissed and absolutely doted on. She's f- feeding all this lovely stuff. It only happens when she comes out. Jesus is saying all of this stuff, the kingdom of heaven, all these things I'm going to be talking about, you can only access them when you've been born again. They're not available to you until you're born again. Nicodemus, even though you're Jewish, even though you've been born into this privilege of being part of God's chosen nation, doesn't make any difference. You still have to be born again, Nico, and everybody else who's listening, we still have to be born again. And this is the turning point. That where we change from being living for ourselves to living for Jesus. This is the point where we come out of darkness into light. This is the point where we are transferred from death into life. So this is amazing. And so Jesus is saying, listen, Nicodemus, great stuff. You're a Jew and everything, but you need to be born again and you can't access my kingdom and all of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about 
unless you surrender your heart and allow the Spirit of God to create a new person in you, to make you into a new person born again. So Nicodemus said, how can all these things be? And Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we've seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life right <laughs> just if you forget all the other stuff remember that bit whoever believes in him may have eternal life that's jesus so our ticket into this born again experience is not trying to be good it's really really not it's not about trying to be good in fact the gospel of jesus you only it's only for bad people it, it appears to be only for sinful people so that gets me in and, mo and everybody else if we choose so but the key to it is faith in Jesus whoever believes in him may have eternal life right I'm just going to back up just a little bit because I missed a couple of things out because I was on a bit of a roll when Jesus said Truly, truly, I say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit what he's doing there is he's referring back to some old testament scriptures and one of them is this prophecy to ezekiel where god says do you know what i'm going to sprinkle you with water clean water and i'm going to make you clean and i'm going to put a new heart in you and a new spirit in you so then that's why jesus has given nicodemus a little bit of a hard time he's saying come on nicodemus you're supposed to be a teacher you're supposed to be a teacher of israel and here you are and you you're missing you you're and I'm talking to you about heavenly things I'm wrapping it up in earthly language because you're not getting it I'm trying to give you metaphors that you can understand but you're not you're not your cognitive process is still way off and so Jesus leaps from talking about being born and all this kind of stuff and then talks about the life of the spirit in the same breath breath so he kind of bounds from spiritual to earthly to spiritual heavenly talking about these amazing concepts he literally leaps over these things in one single bound and there's poor Nicodemus like I don't understand <laughs> help me slow down <laughs> slow down say it a slower say it in a different way and then so Jesus is saying look nobody's come down from heaven except me this is it I'm he I'm the one who's come down from heaven no one's going back there except me and I'm you know what I mean he says um no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man. So that's it. He's saying, I come from there. This is my land. This is my territory. I know what I'm talking about, Nicodemus. And then he throws in this thing, which would have again given Nicodemus a head spin, I would imagine. He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Now he's referring to himself as the son of man. But when Moses lifted up the serpent, what that was, it was a serpent, a snake 
sculpture made of bronze and it was on a kind of stick thing and he stuck it in the ground and lifted it up and everyone who looked at this snake it's a bizarre whole bizarre thing because it's just completely uh, anyway this we cam got time to go into it but everyone who'd been bitten by these poisonous snakes that had come into the camp when they looked at this bronze snake they could be healed I know. Let's talk about that another day. But Jesus is saying, <laughs> Jesus is saying, just like that had to be lifted up and people had to look at it to be healed. So the Son of Man has to be lifted up. And he was talking about when he would be lifted up and put on a cross. Or he'd be put on the cross and the cross would be lifted up. Everyone then who looks at Jesus and turns their hearts to him will be saved. So that's you, me, everybody. That's the deal. But the point is, there is a response needed from us. And I really want to stress this. There is a choice. It doesn't, just because Jesus did it for us, doesn't mean it's ours until we say, yes, please, let it count for me. This is the simple prayer of faith where we say, God, Jesus, let it count for me. Let what you did count for me. Right, here we go. Real famous verse now. John three sixteen. People have t-shirts with it on, don't they, at football matches. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is, this is one of the classic encapsulation verses that encapsulates the whole truth of the gospel in such a small nutshell hi lisa great to see you it's it's so it's it's such a simple verse and yet it's so profound he's saying god loved the world he so loved the world that he gave everything he gave his only son you remember we talked that about that word monogenes in greek it means one and only and totally unique only son And he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So again, going back to Moses, lifting up that bronze snake, sticking it in the ground. And everyone who looks at it is healed from the poison that's eating their bodies away. And Jesus is saying, Likewise, I have to be lifted up so that you who are being eaten away by the poison of sin can be saved and healed and restored and made whole and set free. And so he says, this is the you this is how it works. So and whoever believes in him should not perish. That means die eternally is so we wouldn't just. Um, be lost forever in the vortex of eternity but we would have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of his only son in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than like morning Zoe 
So listen to this. This is really, really profound and serious, right? Jesus is saying God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. So he says, I, the son, am not here to condemn you. Actually, the good news is, which is lousy, you're condemned already. <laughs> it's like there is this condemnation hanging over the world. And this is the judgment. This is why we're condemned, because the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. We know, don't we, that a lot of the crimes, a lot of the horrible things that blight our society and even things we've done ourselves, we've done under the cover of darkness or in secrecy because we don't want anyone to see them. And and Jesus is saying, listen, there is a word of, it's like the whole earth stands in the court and the, and the judge of heaven says guilty. The world, the earth, the humanity, the the population of the earth is guilty because light has come into the world and we've preferred to go after darkness because our deeds are evil. And he's saying, listen, come to the light. Come to the light. Who is the light? Jesus is the light. He's the light of the world. The ones whose hearts are being drawn towards him Come to him, say yes, bow our knee, bow the knee, say, Jesus, I want to, I want to give my life to you. I want to surrender my life to you. I want to turn my back on the fruitless deeds of darkness. I want to turn my back on the futility of that way of life. I want to turn my back on the futility of the way I have been living, not by turning over a new leaf, but by coming to you to born again me on the inside. I know that's lousy grammar, but to make me born again on the inside, to make me born again by your spirit. Wow, wow, wow. This seriously is good news. This is why Jesus came. He didn't come to give us a self-help program. He came to transform us on the inside. He came to do a miracle of new birth on the inside. So just like little Sophia can now begin to live in this world and enjoy the sun on her skin and um, the taste of real milk and all those things that she's enjoying right now. There is another dimension for us all, including Sophia, when she's old enough to, to know about it. But there's another dimension for us all, which is so much better, where we are born again and we come alive by the Spirit, where God puts his Spirit inside us and begins a transformation that starts from the inside out. I hope I haven't lost you in the woodwork there somewhere. It's it's a, it's simple and yet profound, and that's the point. That's why Nicodemus was struggling over it when Jesus was trying to explain it to him, or when Jesus was explaining it to him. He struggled still, and he was like, yeah. And for some of us, our, our brains and our hearts are in the process of trying to catch up with Jesus and to understand what it is he's asking from us. But for today... There is a simple step we can do. 
And that is like Nicodemus. We can go to him and say, Rabbi, Jesus, Saviour, teach me. I open my heart to you today. I invite you to begin to transform me on the inside. Let me have this born again experience that Paul is talking about, that Jesus is talking about here in John's Gospel. Let it become mine. Let that transformation begin now and carry on for the rest of my life in Jesus' name. And Lord, forgive me for every bit of sin, every bit of rebellion, every bit of self-centred, egotistical stuff that has ever been in my life. Forgive me, Lord, and make me clean in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer with me, I want to hear from you. So send me a private message or put it on the chat. I don't mind how we do it. Or you can call me, but I'd love to hear from you. I want to cheer you on. And trust me, so does all of heaven. Have an amazing day.